Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix. After a sort of slight slump in me being able to find movies about witches after I got through my original pile of pure comedy gold to review, um, I have started looking for them again and I found a good one. I think a semi-good one. It was okay. Let's not stretch it. Anywho, the film I'm reviewing today is called Tamara, or I thought it was called Tamara. Everyone in the film says Tamara, but it's spelt the same way as it is in Tamara Drew, the movie. So I'm honestly confused as to how you're meant to say it, but it's called Tamara. It was released in 2005. It's only one hour and 18 minutes long, which is quite short for a, a modern movie. I say modern, 2005 was 14 years ago, but oh no, I feel old. But yeah, still pretty recent and... Just over an hour isn't an impressive runtime for a film, unless I guess this was maybe made for TV, which the Wikipedia page for the movie does not say it was. It says that it was given limited release in certain theatres. So there you go. I'm going to give trigger warnings at the top for this one. There are quite a lot of them, and I do apologise if I've left something out that you had to warn for. But um, just to give you the rundown, the trigger warnings I would give are self-harm, suicide, um, a sexual relationship with a teacher, parental abuse with a sexual component, uh, incest, self-mutilation and rape and eating disorders. So that's quite a lot and I've probably missed some off but do be aware that the film contains references and sometimes graphic references to these things and also I'm going to be talking about them in this review so if you find any of that triggering I would stop listening now. The movie stars Jenna Dewan in the title role as Tamara Riley, and you might remember her from various dance movies like Step Up, whatever. But uh, I know her from watching the Witches of East End series, which I reviewed way, 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 way back at the start of the podcast. Uh, she was in that and played Freya. Uh, so obviously in this I think she's quite a lot younger but she plays Tamara and Tamara's character is basically a kind of mix of several of the characters from the craft and a bit like Carrie is how I would explain. She's basically quite unattractive, nerdy, quiet, bullied, the, the pretty standard duff. Uh, anyway so we get some witchy credits at the start of the film like candles, tarot cards, with the credits on top which put me very much in mind of the craft and I was like oh okay so we might be on to a little bit of a winner here even though the font is very generic on these credits and the production value is not so high I assume that's because I was watching a shitty version of it on YouTube because the only DVD I could find was 20 quid and came from Australia. Out of the credit sequence we get into a really quite pornographic intro where uh, Tamara, who's all sexy and wearing a little skirt, comes into class and makes a move on her teacher. But this is revealed to be a daydream, she just kind of has a crush on her teacher. And then later on that day we see her being picked on because she's written an article about steroid abuse by the um, football players etc at the high school which has gotten several of them in trouble so they're kind of gunning for her. She then makes a pass at the teacher in a vulnerable moment where he's trying to reassure her that it'll be okay and high school doesn't last forever and all that stuff. Um, but this is witnessed by a mean popular girl who is called Keisha and who is dating one of the jock guys in true teen horror movie fashion he does look like he is 30 but maybe he was held back a few times um 
so she now knows that Tamara or Tamara has a crush on that teacher and is probably going to use that against her. This all happens in the first 10 minutes. So compared to some of the other titles I've looked at where nothing really happens, a lot was happening straight off the bat in this, which was it made me pretty happy that actual stuff was kicking off and drama was happening and that it seemed to be kind of getting to a place where it was very much the craft versus the carry movies. So those are both franchises that I quite like and films that I quite like. And so I was on board. The teacher, whose name is Mr. Natoli, who I will be referring to as Bill, which is his first name. Uh, he is apparently in a relationship with the principal. Not sure if they're married, but I guess maybe they are since they live together and they're trying to have kids. And this is an American movie where people just don't do that when they're not married. But he goes to see her and say, oh, actually, um, Tamara made a bit of a pass at me. But they both shrug it off as just being one of those things. And then his wife tells him that she's pregnant. Now, this confused me slightly because in the opening credits, um, part of the witchy stuff that we saw was a wax poppet, which was clearly pregnant and had pins in. But if Mrs. Natoli was just telling her husband that she thought she might be pregnant, then I don't think that Tamara would know and therefore would have no reason to do a spell on her. Also, so far, Tamara didn't seem like the kind of person who would want to do a spell to either make this guy's wife pregnant or stop her from being pregnant. So I started to wonder maybe his wife was also into witchcraft and she had been the one in the credit sequence doing a spell so that she could get pregnant. I continue with the movie hoping that this would be explained, and it was not, so draw your own conclusions as to what the fuck was happening there. We learn a little bit more about Tamara when she gets home. Her mother was apparently also into magic, uh, but has left her dad because he's an alcoholic and so isn't around anymore. Her dad is kind of creepy in the same way that Nancy's dad in the craft is kind of creepy. He's a bit handsy and just very wrong feeling. After the day she's had, Tamara decides to do a love spell. So she takes a picture of Mr. Tolly in a frame out from her bedside table, which is creepy. And she decides to do a spell to make him love her, which involves uh, his monogrammed handkerchief. Who has a monogrammed handkerchief in the year of our Lord 2005? Beggar's belief. But anyway, she sticks some of her hair to it with some wax. And then she does a spell, which I try to find the text for in the quote section of IMDb, but I didn't have any luck. So I had to go back and then scribble down the key elements because I felt like it would affect the plot. And it did. So basically, she says, uh, bind my fate to the one I desire. Take a phoenix from ashes and let me rise to claim all that should be mine. Grant me the power to sway others to do my bidding with a touch and to destroy those in my way. And then she offers up her soul, her blood and her heart. But at the last minute, when it comes to shedding some of her blood with a big knife, she decides to back out. She doesn't want to do the spell. She's changed her mind. And the film would end there if teenagers or, you know, 30 year old men pretending to be teenagers weren't jerks. So the next day she gets a crackly phone call, which like literally very crackly. It might as well be Charlie Brown's parents because we can't hear anything that's going on. But she thinks it's Bill, the teacher. And he's professing his love and wants her to meet him at a hotel, which would have been completely believable had we not heard the popular kids, inverted quote marks, talking to a member of the AV club about setting up some sort of prank. And sure enough, when we see who's on the other end of the phone, it is Keisha and her mean 75 year old boyfriend. And they are planning to 
pull a prank on Tamara for revenge about the article and I guess her just daring to have not perfect hair. Tamara gets all gussied up in a slightly 80s looking dress and she rips the spell page uh, out of the spell book and puts it in her pocket. I wasn't really sure why but it turns out for plot reasons that's why. She goes to the hotel and basically the plan has been set up so the guys have got two hotel rooms. In one hotel room they are all sitting with Keisha and two new kids who have been invited along for shits and gigs called Chloe and Jesse. Chloe having stood up for Tamara the previous day so we, we know she's the heroine of the story. And also this AV club guy called Roger is there. In another room they set up a camera with a live feed to the TV in their room and so Tamara goes into the room, sees a bunch of flowers on the bed, undresses and gets into the bed which they then have on camera. A 147 year old jock guy then goes into I guess torment her and be mean and they kind of struggle over the bedding and fight. She puts her clothes back on, goes into the other room to confront everybody and during the scuffle ends up being pushed. She dies when her head hits a coffee table. This has the effect of spilling her blood which is later explained what triggers the spell that she kind of previously half cast. The other guys don't know that because they don't know they're in a horror film. They think they're in I guess an episode of something like Pretty Little Liars because they drag her out into the woods and bury her as you do. Uh, there follows some hand-wringing on the part of Chloe, the heroine of this particular piece. Everyone else seems to not really give a shit that they've just been involved in the death of some poor girl and have buried her out in the woods. So everyone goes home and they go to school the next day a little bit sort of sheepish but not unduly concerned about ramifications of them committing a really slapdash murder but then oh no Tamara shows up at school except now she's all sexy like she was in her daydream and she kind of looks like Regina George in that she's wearing like a tiny skirt and stiletto heels and a little pink jumper. She kind of taunts them and does many bad puns about oh the traffic was so bad I nearly died trying to get here and other stuff like that and then Roger the AV club nerd is the first to die and dies horrifyingly so i was kind of gearing up for the horror portion of this horror film which to the film's credit is actually really effective uh, although it does contain a lot of those triggering subjects that i mentioned at the top of this video it is very much horror it's things that i actually had to like skip into a different tab because i couldn't watch them happen things involving eyeballs things involving cutting of ears and tongues and horrifying things happen and it's all very apt and poetic in the sense of each different character who was there at the time of her death kind of gets their just desserts in the way that she thinks that they should get them. After Roger dies, tragically and oh yeah on camera broadcast to the whole school, the conspirators uh, return to the woods and they find the spell page on Tamara's now empty grave uh, but it's too covered in blood to read for plot reasons. Undead Tamara is still very much after the teacher. She turns up at his house wearing a bustier and he's all like, come in, wait for my wife. And then she makes this awful comment that I like was even more cringy than watching a guy stab himself in the eye with a box cutter. She just sort of stands there and goes, it's getting wet. And then the guy looks at her like, what the fuck? And she kind of points at a glass on the table and goes, you should use a coaster. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, I want to give up on this movie. But I'm glad I didn't because there was some pretty decent horror after that 
thing that was horrifying for a completely different reason. After Tamara leaves, apparently having coasted enough drinks for the day, the guy's wife comes home and announces that she's in fact not pregnant, which got me thinking about the poppet at the beginning of the film again and whether Tamara had done something to make her not pregnant, as she had threatened to do earlier in the day. But you don't see her do a spell then or really do anything that could have affected that. So the jury's out on whatever was happening at that point in the plot. Very unclear. Uh, Tamara then goes on kind of a sort of little rampage. She goes home to see her dad and because he's an alcoholic and kind of a perv, she touches him on the arm, which is how she gets people to do stuff, and then tells him to finish off his bottle entirely uh, and basically makes him eat a beer bottle and then go to the fridge and keep eating beer bottles that he finds in there while she goes out to do other stuff. That other stuff involves basically torturing a bunch of other people to death in creative and apt ways, which is really kind of where the film hits, I guess, its stride and all of that stuff starts happening and you kind of understand where she's coming from in this monstrous rampage. It turns very much into a revenge movie because quite a lot of that happens at a party that's being thrown. It kind of reminded me of Carrie 2, The Rage, where... um. Basically, it's like Carrie's half-sister, um, a film about her also having psychic powers and also being betrayed in a party setting and killing everyone with her mind. It's just an unlucky coincidence. But yeah, it definitely reminded me of that and also slightly of Jennifer's body in the sense that someone had died and then come back with supernatural powers and was killing a bunch of people. So there are a lot of other movies and kind of ideas cooking away in this and was enjoying myself it was quite gory and frankly the the dialogue had become less stupid because most of it was just screaming or Tamara talking and it seemed like someone competent had written her dialogue and also that she could act which was great then the film sort of goes into the final act as it were and that's where it starts to stumble a little bit and I started to lose a bit of interest Basically, um, the remaining alive people who are Jesse and Chloe, the two people who didn't really know what was going on on the night of the prank, uh, they get the teacher and try and work out what Tamara is doing because her interest in witchcraft was well known. They go to her house, find her dad, are a little bit freaked out. They touch the page to the book, which it was ripped from, and it magically fixes itself so that they can read it. And they understand that the spell that she performed was triggered when she died and also that it has linked her fate to the teacher. So she's going to be coming after him and maybe can't die while he's alive in a kind of Harry Potter and Voldemort sense, but in which Voldemort really wanted to fuck Harry, which is something that I've only previously seen on DeviantArt. The final showdown of the film happens at the hospital. Um, previously... Um, the teacher's wife has been injured so she ends up in hospital and Tamara goes there to finish her off but is lured up to the roof by Chloe and the teacher. Jesse having been stabbed to death by a possessed Keisha moments before. They have kind of a showdown and it's only when Tamara reaches into Chloe's memories that she realises that Chloe honestly had no part in the conspiracy to prank her and was also the one saying you know quite wisely 
we should call an ambulance, we should call the police, we should do something other than dragging her into the woods and burying her under three inches of soil. So she then realises that she herself has become a monster and she's become exactly like the bullies that she's trying to destroy because she has now got a taste of power and is manipulating everyone around her and making them miserable and eat glass. Maybe not that last one, but you see what I'm saying. The annoying thing is that she has this kind of realisation and I thought that's where the film would end, that she would die because she does sort of start to turn into a corpse rather than a person. But then she just snaps out of it and continues on with what she's been doing all film, which is trying to get her revenge on people and also get the teacher to be in love with her. So it feels like something happened, but then nothing happened because they wanted a slightly different ending to the movie. So it kind of has two endings. The one that ends when Tamara realises that she has become everything she hated and the ending where she goes for the teacher and he tricks her, essentially, by taking both of them off the roof so they die. It is the funniest death scene. She makes a very funny noise, which I won't ruin for you, but if you want to look the film up, it's a funny noise. And then the film ends with the standard, she's dead, or is she? Because Keisha, who they left in the car for some reason, because... I felt like maybe they didn't want to take her into the hospital. I don't know why. She picks up the magic book and hugs it. And then the credits come up. And that's the end of the movie. I feel like as a film about witches, as a horror film about magic stuff, it kind of does its job in that it sets it up with some nice magic-y ritual imagery. And then a load of witchy stuff happens. The kind of stuff that usually happens in revenge films People get picked off one by one in ironic ways that are very gory and horrifying. And then it kind of falls apart towards the end when they start trying to rationalise the supernatural stuff. I honestly thought maybe they'd track down her mum, find out what her part was in the creation of the magic book and where it had come from. But maybe that was expecting a bit too much depth. Aside from that, I definitely recommend this if you enjoy films like Carrie carry to the rage um things like jennifer's body although i would say that this isn't as good in terms of just production values and acting and writing and there is some stuff mostly in the first half of the film that is sort of like the craft where it comes on step for me is that halfway through it did seem to forget that it was about witches and not about people who can just control people with their minds which is most of what she was doing and then at the end there wasn't really a whole amount to get excited about or and to be honest I didn't really know who I was meant to be rooting for I mean clearly the film wanted me to feel a bit sorry for Tamara but also to see her as like the monster of the film in a kind of carry way and that Chloe was like the heroine because she hadn't had any part in the badness previous and was trying to do the right thing, but I didn't really know enough about Chloe to like her, and I knew quite a bit about Tamara by that point, but not of all, all of it was stuff that I liked. Um, for instance, the idea that maybe she'd been trying to stop her crush's wife from conceiving, and also, you know, all the murders. It wasn't terrible. I would definitely put it at um, like a solid four and say that it's a good one to watch at sleepovers where you can take the piss out of the slightly funnier moments that are I think unintentionally funny and also hide behind cushions at the really scary gory bits but I wouldn't suggest watching it as a serious like movie to enjoy by yourself I don't think you'd get much out of watching it without someone to take the piss out of it with 
But if you're stuck for something Carrie-like or like a revenge movie with some occult elements, definitely hit that mark pretty well. Obviously, the witch in it is the bad guy, but that doesn't necessarily put me off things. Like, I'm not only looking at books and films and things that have witches as the good guys, because there's a fair amount out there where witches are either good and bad or just bad as in cases like horror films like this but it's all exciting and interesting for me to watch because I'm just interested in seeing witchy characters doing witchy things on screen or in books so it doesn't really bother me if they're not true to any particular path of witchcraft or if they are just evil murdery characters if that does bother you this is definitely not one like a film that you will enjoy but if you just want to see a horror film that you might enjoy which also contains some witchy imagery and some witchy stuff that you might also enjoy if that's another thing you're interested in this is a solid one to put in your collection for if you feel sort of like watching the craft but you've seen it a lot and don't want to watch it again you want to watch something different but also sort of the same also um if you check my favourited videos uh, for the YouTube channel, you should be able to find the version that I watched of it. It's not the best one, but it's the only one I could find that wasn't Spanish, so there you go. If you speak Spanish, then you are in for a treat, because there are several versions of this film which are just dubbed Spanish, and you can enjoy those in full screen, so good luck to you. If you know of any other films or TV series, etc., that you think would make for a good review on the channel or you just want to hear what I think about them then do get in touch you can do so on twitter which is at witchfix or by gmail which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com and remember you can also ask me to add them to the amazon wishlist for the podcast which is accessible via the twitter page and you can donate to patreon if you check the description box for this episode in the meantime I'll see you in the next one bye